Good evening. Let's uh, continue to worship by opening up the word together, shall we? Uh, you can turn to Romans 15, 7, if you would. And uh, we are actually continuing our Sunday night series, taking a look at the one another's of the New Testament. There are dozens of them, as you know, and so far we have worked on loving one another, honoring one another, and living in harmony with one another. Wasn't it a delight hearing those three testimonies, what God is doing? And Faye, I just have to say, you asked some very probing, important questions that we need to keep pursuing. Very important, and it actually is all about the one another's that we're actually studying Sunday nights, and we all need to work hard at how can we hold one another accountable and practice these one another's. So there are many more one another messages to come, uh, like not passing judgment on one another, serving one another, bearing with one another, confessing our sins to one another, submitting to one another, encouraging one another, admonishing one another, offering hospitality to one another, and we could continue. There's many. I don't know how many we will be doing Sunday nights, but we're going to do quite a few, I think. Tonight, I've been assigned the task to meditate with you on the command, Romans 15, 7, accept one another. And before we work through this verse, I want to say a couple things by way of introduction. First of all, we need to note the context of this command. It comes as a summary of what is often called the disputable matters passage in chapter 14 of Romans, verse 1, all the way to this verse. I don't think we can understand the impact of this command unless we look at the entire passage, even though time won't allow us to go very deep in much detail, of course. They told me I don't have that much time. Secondly, as we dwell for the next few minutes on this passage and this specific command to accept one another, for the sake of time and for the sake of simplicity, I'm going to ask us to look at only one example, only one example of a disputable matter in our present day experience and how it is that we are to accept one another in this situation. The passage in Romans 14, 1 through 15, 7, touches on three different issues. The first and main example that Paul gives is food, what foods are okay to eat. The background, most of you already know, is um, food, meat offered to idols, sacrificed to idols in the unbelieving context. Many of the believers in this church had come out of that, and so some said, oh, we can eat meat, all meat is clean. And some said, no, we can't touch that. That's, that's, that's going to destroy the church, and that's, that's not appropriate. Second, op, another issue that Paul brings up, a little less, little less detailed, is how should one view or observe special holy days, including the Sabbath? Finally, just ever so briefly, uh, Paul mentions whether or not we should consume alcohol. Now, we could list, as you know, dozens more from our experience today and even within our own local congregation. Some examples. 
what songs are best for us to sing together in this congregation? What kind of music is appropriate or not appropriate to listen to on our own? What movies are appropriate or not appropriate to watch? What is modest or immodest clothing to wear? Should our kids be taught at home or in the public school or in a private Christian school? A recent one, what is the best way to serve communion? What do we believe about the Bible or from the Bible about the end times? What do we believe from the Bible about race issues or the extent of God's work in our salvation, etc., etc., etc.? As you know, there are, these are just a few, a small sample of the disputable matters we could list. It is also true that some of these issues, we might even debate whether they were disputable or not. I love to say it's disputable whether that's disputable or not, right? That is kind of the point here in Romans 14. There were two sides to each side of the disputable matters mentioned there, and each side was very convinced they were right, and they probably had a lot of trouble hearing Paul even say that they were a disputable matter. And that's important for us to understand. So, question for you. What disputable matter do you think I want us to concentrate on in applying this command to accept one another? Any guesses? Present day. I think the last two years. COVID, right. And lest you walk out right now, please don't. We're not going to take sides tonight, but I would like you to, as we work through this verse and this whole passage, to think in terms of COVID and how you responded and how you didn't respond and how this applies in that context. This meat offered to sacrifice to idols, we can't relate very much to that. It's not our context. Everyone here, this is our context. So that's what I want us to think through, even as we go through the passage. I want each of us to think about how we have treated those in our midst who have had very different views about COVID than we have. How have we loved them? How have we accepted them? Let's take a look now at the verse at hand. I'm reading out of the NIV. It says, accept one another then, this is Romans 15, 7, accept one another then, just as Christ has accepted you. Pretty, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't finish. Just as accepted uh, for, in order to bring praise to God. Accept one, accept one another then, just as Christ has accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. So the obvious command, the what here, is accept one another. Very interesting. I uh, found in my Greek New Testament dictionary, three single words that define this Greek word. They are accept, the NIV version, accept one another, then as Christ has accepted you, or welcome, most of you have the ESV version, therefore welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you, and the third word is receive, which is the King James version, receive one another. I found that very interesting. So we are commanded to accept one another, to welcome one another, to receive one another. NIV puts then after that. ESV puts therefore at the beginning. Accept one another then. That obviously means 
therefore, or for what reason? This is the reason that you need to accept one another, which is why we have to go back to Romans 14, 1, and start in, okay? All that he said about this subject, therefore, the final statement is accept one another. So that's, that's the what, the how. How are we to accept one another? Accept one another then, just as Christ has accepted you. Let that sink in. How are we to accept one another? Just as Christ has accepted you. Here, we have our perfect example. Jesus received us when we didn't deserve in any way to be received. In our wickedness, in our rebellion, in our sin, Jesus accepted us. That's how we're to accept one another. We have absolutely no grounds within this body or elsewhere. We have no grounds for not accepting each other when we have different views or different practices, different opinions on some of these issues. Jesus accepts them. Jesus accepts us. How can we do anything else but to accept one another? Accept one another then, just as Christ has accepted you in order to bring praise to God. The why. If the body is together, working together, accepting, receiving, embracing one another, which includes all the other one another's, by the way, right? There's forgiveness in there. There's all sorts of things. Confessing. If we are there, then, as Jesus has said, they'll know you are Christians by your love, right? Uh, our memory passage uh, touches on that, right? Uh, if you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples, right? We don't bear fruit if we're fighting. We don't bear fruit if we're not together and the same going together as the same team. So in order, this brings great, great, great praise to God. So time's moving on. So I, I'm going to turn now to our study, Romans 14.1. You can follow along in your Bibles, but it's going to be on the screen. And I just have to say right from the start, do not think highly of me in terms of my high tech, okay? This is not my computer. This is not my stylus. I just learned what it was called tonight. And I practiced hard, and I was taught how to do everything I'm doing here. In about a month, I won't remember any of it, okay? So here we go, um, and I'm going to screw it up right away. Okay, how come it's not moving? You won't be impressed, will you? Click on what? <laughs> I'm using my finger. Knew this would happen. So I can arrow. Good. Let's go. Romans 14. That was two minutes that don't count on me. <laughs> Romans 14, 1 through 4. I'm going to read through slowly and interrupt at times, make some comments, but we're going to just go through it thoroughly. I want you to be engaged. So we start out, Roman, uh, Paul says, accept. Now how come? What's going on? I just practiced here. 
turn my pen on. Did you put on yellow? Put on yellow? <laughs> this is the whole point of using this. Got it. Okay. Accept. No, no. Accept one another. Do you remember that word? He starts out the very first word. That's his opening statement. Accept him whose faith is weak without, without passing judgment on disputable matters. One man's faith allows him to eat everything, but another man whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The man who eats everything must not look down on him who does not. And the man who does not eat everything must not condemn the man who does. For God, for God has accepted him. So the man who eats everything must not look down. The man who does not eat everything must not condemn the man who does. Could we, could we say the man who chooses to wear a mask because he thinks for several reasons it's important to wear, several possible reasons, must not look down on him who does not wear a mask for several different reasons, potentially? Can we say the man who chooses not to get vaccinated must not condemn the man who does choose to get vaccinated? Verse 4, who are you to judge someone else's servant? Who are you to judge someone else's servant to his own master. He stands or falls, and he will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One man considers one day more sacred than another. Another man considers every day alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. He who regards one day as special does so to the Lord. He who eats meat eats to the Lord, for he gives thanks to God. He who abstains does so to the Lord, and he gives thanks to God. Could we say, could we say, he who chooses to be vaccinated does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God? Could we say he who chooses not to get vaccinated does so to the Lord and gives thanks to to God. For none of us lives to himself alone, and none of us dies to himself alone. If we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. <clears throat> so, whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Verse 9, for this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. You, then, why do you judge your brother? Thinking COVID, right? Thinking in terms of whatever position you had or have, thinking how you were tempted to strike back. I would submit to you that there's not a person in this room, including myself, who was not guilty at least sometime in this COVID situation at judging a brother. Why do you look down on your brother. For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, just as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me and every tongue will confess to God. So then, each of us 
each of us will give an account of himself to God. Verse 13, therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Stop passing judgment. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in your brother's way. <coughs> Excuse me. As one who is in the Lord Jesus, I am fully convinced that no food is unclean in itself. But if anyone regards something as unclean, then for him it is unclean. If your brother is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. Do not by your eating destroy your brother. Do not by how you respond to COVID, whichever side you're on, destroy your brother. And of course, you know we're talking about brothers and sisters right here, okay? Do not allow what you consider good to be spoken of as evil. Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, of peace, and of joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is not a matter of wearing masks or not wearing masks. It's not a matter of vaccinations. Those aren't the important things of the kingdom. No, the kingdom of God is about righteousness, peace, and joy. Those are the things that cause us to want to accept one another and go together and get along well with our differences. Verse 18, because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and approved by men. 19, let us therefore make every effort Make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. That's what we're called to do. We're called to give it our all, to work together in the body, to receive one another, to welcome one another, and to go shoulder to shoulder with one another. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean, but it is wrong for a man to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or to do anything else that will cause your brother to fall. Romans 14, 22. So whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. I find that very interesting. You and I, I've heard many messages on this, these passages, this and in 1 Corinthians. I've studied them before, I've read a lot about it, and I've never really been satisfied with much emphasis understanding what that verse really is getting at. And I know I've had several interactions with brothers of mine in the last 10, 15 years discussing this, and they say, yeah, all we have to understand this whole passage, and it's great that we need to recognize everyone has these different uh, perspectives, and, and that's good, and we need to accept one another and all that kind of thing. But I think it is still my job to try to figure out a way to interact with that person to help them to understand the truth, right? To help them to, to dialogue about this. Well, I don't think it's wrong. I think it's actually healthy to dialogue about any of these disputable matters as long as both sides are wanting to, right? And they're working it through and they want to know that they want to grow. But otherwise, I don't think that's what this says, does it? Whatever you believe about these things, whatever you believe about COVID, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the man who does not condemn himself by what he approves. 
But the man who has doubts is condemned if he eats, because his eating is not from faith, and everything that is not from faith is sin. 15.1. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. This is a hard thing to practice, right? We want to please ourselves, don't we? Each of us should please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through endurance and encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God who gives, you saw the endurance and the encouragement, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity. I'm going to try to bounce back if this will work for me. Verse 19, remember, let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. Make every effort. God who gives you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus together so that, look at this, so that with one heart and one mouth we go together as a team. That can't happen if we don't welcome one another, if we don't receive one another in these disputable matters. With one heart and one mouth, with that you can glorify, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now we come to our verse, the last verse of the passage. And we've already worked it through. Accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order bring great praise and glory to our King. Accept one another then as Christ has accepted you, which will bring great glory to God. Just some final words of conclusion. I have asked you for the sake of simplicity and for clarity to really understand this passage, to all identify together, to apply this command in this passage to all things related to COVID and how God has called each of us to welcome those who have, for any number of reasons, taken a different viewpoint than we have. Now, however, we need to, before we close, we need to take a step back and realize that this command to accept one another or to receive or welcome or embrace one another applies to so much else than COVID. So much else that threatens to divide us and cause disharmony within our body. I challenge you, I challenge me, going forward to keep your own personal spiritual antennas attuned to the tendency that you have in your heart to reject or to judge or to look down on or to distance yourself from another person in our body who by their words and their actions make it clear that they have a different perspective than you do about any one of hundreds of disputable matters. Let's work together on paying attention to our own selves. How am I responding? Oh, Greg doesn't agree with me. Does that make me mad? Am I going to welcome him? Am I going to receive him? Is that perfectly okay? In the fundamental, clear teachings of Scripture, we must agree. In all, uh, I'm sorry, in all matters of clear sin, we must agree. 
In all other matters, we must love. We must receive. We must embrace. We must accept. We must welcome one another. For after all, Jesus has accepted us. And this, perhaps more than any other thing within our local body, brings praise to our Heavenly Father. Thank you. Thank you.